Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Ken loves talking about cars and automotive trends. And here he is, the automotive host with the most, Ken Chester. Welcome to America's premier automotive news and information talk show. You're tuned to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time, let me explain something to you pretty quick. Roadworthy Drive is not your grandpa's car show. I'd like to describe what I talk about as consumer news of an automotive nature. Roadworthy Drive breaks down all the tech speak and breaking news in a way that is understandable and relevant. Doesn't matter if you love cars or just view them as a way to get from point A to point B. Spending time with me each week will make you a better consumer and a more aware resident. Rest assured, the next 15 years will be transformational in ways you can't even begin to imagine. Your house your job, your vehicle, and your life are going to change as a result, directly and indirectly, of what we talk about each week. Be sure to tune in so that you can see what's coming, and more importantly, why. In a few minutes later in this segment, I will introduce you to the insane Genovation GXE and share with you another automaker's journey outside of the realm of automotive manufacturing. That's in breaking news. Coming up in the next segment... I'll talk about the beginning of major changes in car insurance, and we kind of knew this was coming. And during segment two, I will tell you what it is and how it's going to impact you. Later on in the program, I will share some practical bumps in the road towards vehicle autonomy, something that Jack is going to like being our resident anti-autonomous car person. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, what? Yeah, that'd be you. That'd be me. That'd be you. I call it for the want of a taco truck. All that and much more, so don't, and I mean it, don't touch this dial. For those of you that want to weigh in, I got you covered. Call or text the Roadworthy Driveline at 872-222-9793, and that's anytime. If email's your thing, my address is ken at roadworthydrive.com. Ask a question, make a suggestion, share your opinion. It's all good, and I want to hear from you. Now, Regular listeners know that Roadworthy Drive is indeed a team effort. The grown-up at the controls, and the suits in the corner office requires this when we're on the air, is none other than my friend and Roadworthy Drive executive producer, Jack DeLeon. Howdy, Jack. Good morning, Vietnam. Oh, my God. I always really? wanted to do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I always glad. wanted to do that. Did, did you get that out your system? Yes, I got it on my system. I, do you feel better now? I feel much better, sir. How now, are you? I'm okay. Question for you before we continue. There we um, go again. Yes. I'm trying to charge for questions, Sasha, by the way. Uh, uh-huh. I will start t- that tab. Okay, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, you had your, tr- your new truck. Yep. You had it repaired. Are yep. you happy with the repairs? I am very, very happy with the repair. Give the listeners an idea what we're talking about here. Um, a couple Fridays ago, I bought a brand new, a brand new truck. Mm-hmm. And the truck had hail damage. Mm-hmm. And the dealer agreed to replace the hood. Mm-hmm. And he replaced the hood, and they were absolutely 100% spot on and did, with the and color. And did not charge you any extra did for that? Did not charge me any extra for it because that was part of the deal when I took the truck. I was not going to pay for a hood, but I wanted that hood replaced. Well, there you go. There is good in the world, sir. Yes, there is. And, and quite honestly, 
a lot of people have called me very, very skeptical, mm-hmm. which I am. Mm-hmm. However, I think it's skeptical in a really good way. Well, you know what? Things worked out the way they were supposed to. Yep. That's the important part. And I'm happy. Now, sir. Yes. I have a question. Yes. Do I get to have another moment this week with our first story? Um, you may have your moment. Okay. Thank you. Proceed. Okay. Um, $750,000. That's not the part I'm talking about. Oh. I'm uh, talking about the next the next number. Oh. Uh, 75 of them are going to be built? Not that number. Um, one number. 75 <laughs> and only 74 available to the public because one is reserved for me. Uh, yeah. With Seven, the Roadworthy Drive uh, insignia. $750,000, though, Sasha. Not happening. Not in, in the budget. You um, can't expense that. The suits ain't going to allow it. Are you sure? Have oh, we I, approached the suits about this? We don't have to approach the suits. We can't even get money for chairs. What do you, how do you figure, <laughs> how do you figure <laughs> the suits are going to spring $750,000? For your little ride there. Okay, you're missing one number. 209 miles an hour? The other number. Uh, that it runs on electricity. 700 and what? $750,000. No, no. Wasn't it 750 horsepower? Oh, yeah. And 650 foot-pounds of torque. All right. <gasps> hold on. I got this. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, wait a minute. It's got a 150-mile range, and did I mention... It's an electric car. You did. So, again, as... But at 150 mile an hour, isn't the distance going to shrink? Yeah, I know that's right. Okay, here's the thing. This is a car, American-designed and American-built, Yep. Mm-hmm. all green. These guys are going totally green. Now, they used a Corvette as their test mule, as their chassis, and they're going to probably build the first one from the basic Corvette. But basically, they lose the engine. They've beefed up the transmission. They basically replaced the clutch with one that will take 1,200 horsepower worth of torque. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, did I mention they started with a Z06? Yes, you did. And for those purists, for those Corvette purists, you know a Z06 is the oh my God version of the standard Corvette, which is fast enough anyway. That, yeah, Um, there you go. Is that engine for ludicrous speed? Ludicrous (laughs) speed! (laughs) No! Gets <laughs> he okay. talks to the suits pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you're still not getting the car, Sasha. I'm pretty sure. No. I'll put it together, no. a package. No. It, it's made in Maryland. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they, they're expecting, they believe, here's the reasons why they think there's room for a car like this. They're worried about climate change. They're worried about the negative effects of air pollution and uh, atmospheric CO2. Because they believe these things are negative to the environment and that this type of vehicle, which is their first of several that they're looking at making, Mm -hmm. uh, would actually help you uh, do something good for the environment, particularly if you've got a need for speed. Didn't you say that to me off air that there are kids at University of Maryland that are helping with this? Yes. Yes. Engineering students are helping with it. We're going to keep an eye on it because, of course, as you know, we're the ones that bring you all the cool stuff like the Lucid Air. Lucid Air. Uh, the Faraday car, which is kind of dead. Yeah. But, you know, you get some winners, you get some losers. So we're going to keep track of this. And if they bring it to a car show, because they talked about bringing this one Ooh. to the 2018 Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. Which is in, in January. Which is in a month. Yeah, in January. Uh, so there'll be pictures of it. I don't know if they're going to bring it to Detroit or Chicago, but if they do, we'll get pictures. Okay. 
You want to talk to the suits about the, the $750 car? I do, yes. I think we, we're probably going to have more better luck with the suits if we talk to them about going to Vegas to the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, and then why I could pick up the car while we're there. That's a brilliant idea, uh, Jack. Yeah. Thank number, you. Number one, you ain't getting a car. <laughs> <laughs> number two, remember, we can't get chairs financed around okay, here. Now, okay. Now, Ken. Yeah. Speaking of fast cars. Speaking of chairs. Speaking of chairs. <laughs> also, speaking of chairs. Uh-huh. Lamborghini inspires a massage. Chair, what just says wrong about this? Body Friend is a company in South Korea <laughs> that makes massage chairs. Enough out of you, Sash. <laughs> and they have licensed the uh, Lamborghini name on a line of chairs because they're trying to push their way into American homes. Now, what I didn't tell you is right now the company, and I'm going to get this number. Hold on here. I want to see the number. They actually have two stores in Los Angeles right now. And they're planning a total of like 140 stores uh, in, in America to do this. Here it is. Here it is. Two stores in L.A. and planning to open an additional 140 stores throughout the U.S. in the next three years. So chances are, uh, because they expect this Lamborghini-inspired massage chair that they licensed from Lamborghini uh, to start coming out in 2018. So chances are... You will be able to park a Lamborghini either in your man cave, if you want to go garage, or in your living room. Okay. We need to talk to the suits again. Uh, yes, because, because we need chairs. Because here's the deal. Yes. We do need chairs. If, if I see nothing that can go wrong, if we sit here <laughs> and have massage chairs running <laughs> while we're trying to record the show. You know, and it's better for the environment if the workers are actually, you know, in a nice, calm, relaxed state. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, but they they probably will get it because they really feel that massage chairs are the way to go. So we will see uh, just exactly how many Lamborghini chairs they sell in the United States as they open more stores across the country. But I'm assuming also their full line of other chairs are probably going to be sold, too. Uh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay, that's what we all need, another furniture store. But of course, though. Really? Yeah, really. This is not going to be sold in Ikea? Probably not. Probably not, no. Now, coming up next, when we come back, car insurance discounts in a semi-autonomous world, and later on, for one of a taco truck, bumps in the autonomous road. You are listening to Roadworthy Drive. Drive with Ken Chester is America's premier automotive news and information talk show. This flat tire needs a man, but when there's no man around. When there's no man around, Goodyear should be. Why? Watch this. New Goodyear Double Eagle carries its own spare inside. Lifeguard safety spare. 
attire in attire, keeps on going. Next time, give her a second chance. This is segment two of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. And you're living dangerously. <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you for stopping by. I don't know if I should start with the topic for this segment or let Sasha respond to that vintage commercial we just played. Okay, first of all, I have begged you to play that because that, you have to set the scene. It is a woman on a dark road. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. A little bit of fog. Looks like we're t- stepping into a 1970s horror movie. And... This tire needs a man. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was finally timely with what's going on in the country to show you uh, how far we've come, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm going to warn you, mm. during the next show, I'm oh, not no. done with you. Oh. This is the one you wanted. Yes. I got another one for you. So, Is it a sales one where they actually like make a, no, a the vanity mirror? To, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. No, so no, no, so, but what, no. But what I can tell you about uh, it, yes, um, it involves food. It does. That that that's actually. Is a, that a Hardee's commercial? No. Oh. Okay. Topic, sir. Topic. Car insurance. Now we got that out the way, <clears throat> and the men in the room, for the record, are still standing. <laughs> we're, we're okay. Just in case you're worried, we're fine. Nothing can be more plain, more necessary, and more legal to have yet. Even the state insurance industry can't avoid the obvious. Much like fire detectors and alarm systems will result in a discount on your homeowner's insurance, the plethora of safety features in today's and certainly tomorrow's cars are causing some basic changes in how automotive insurance is both offered and sold. Here is a peek. Finally, somebody is offering a discount on a Tesla with autopilot. Really? Really. I'm assuming it's over across the pond. Um, the largest British insurer, Direct Line, is offering a 5% discount uh, to people who own a Tesla who engage the auto uh, the autopilot, believe it or not. Okay. You're going to get a 5% discount for that. And at what point? For switching it on. And at what point in time are they going to look at putting a device in your car to see when you actually engage it? Uh, well, they've got something like that. For, well, Progressive in the United yeah. States has something like that. It's like Snap or something like that. It uh, just hooks, plugs right in. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Verizon over here that allows you to plug in a, a thing to uh, mm-hmm. diagnose your car. Yeah. It's not that far, sir. And if you tie in with what automakers are doing today, they have these little things uh, on the dash called a speed limiter. Uh, it actually shows you the car actually reads the speed limit signs as you go past them. And yep. portrays it in the car. Now, uh, it also shows you what you're, at what your speed you're driving at. So it would not be that tough to to track somebody in a car like that, uh, what you're driving at, what speeds, in what speed zones, and, and make some sort of insurance judgment based on your driving habits. Okay, now I do have a question, though. Mm-hmm. Here in Iowa, um, where we don't really have laws one way or the other when it talks about the... Um, that feature for the Tesla for Tesla owners. Nobody has that law right now for Tesla owners. But here's the problem: in the United States, mm-hmm. in every single state, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not they allow autonomous vehicles on the road, mm-hmm. the laws are still written where a driver or a person in that seat is still responsible to take over if the system fails. Right. We do not currently have in the United States or in Britain for that matter. That's true. First, first of all, people, and I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Here it goes. Autopilot is not full autonomy. He hasn't stood up yet, so I'm good. Yeah, okay. I'm getting there. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. I'm getting there. Okay. It's not full autonomous. Uh, it still requires, and it says here in the piece, at present the driver is firmly in charge, but it's a great opportunity to learn and prepare for the future. Now, do you think it's a big deal? We are in a global economy where what happens in one country can have implications for other countries. It didn't used to be that way, but that's where we are now. Are we to the point right now where the government cannot make rules fast enough to keep up with the technology? They've been behind. Yeah, they've been. They're behind now. Because what we really need is not so much rules at this time. We need a conversation. We need hearings because there's a lot of if and then. Let me give an example. Uh, these particular policies for Tesla drivers okay. are based on insurance policies to customers, get this, introduced by Tesla. And we actually covered that, like, in one of your previous shows. Yeah. Uh, privacy concerns people? Yep. Tesla then provides information on the features and capability of its vehicles to help direct line set insurance policies. Honest and truly. Uh, concerns? About uh, privacy, just yep. a little. Yep. Well, and that was going to be my my one point I wanted to bring up with the insurance companies being able to plug in to your what I'm going to call the computer port. Yep. And mm-hmm. at what point is that invading my privacy? Only when they start to rate or otherwise manipulate your policy based on that information. Right now, they can't do it. There's a law that says they can't do it. They're not legally allowed to do it. It's an invasion of privacy. Okay. Okay. That, but that's today. Yeah, which is why we need as drivers and as consumers, we need to be engaged in this stuff. Yeah, especially like right now where information is the new, you know, currency Mm -hmm. of the world. If you have a device plugged in, uh, let's not to say that it wouldn't be like Alexia for your car. Alexa. Alexa. Uh And uh, may we add, automakers are coordinating to be able to you to talk to Alexa from your car to manipulate stuff in your home. Ford Motor Company's working on that right now. And at what point, again, does this become an invasion of privacy? The We're entire there. time. We're yeah, there. Yeah, it's already there. We're there. Because then do you own the rights to that whatever data it recovers? Well, theoretically, they're recovering, theoretically, mm-hmm. generic information and amassing it. But who's to know? And what protections do we have? Here's something that I need to point out. Now, according to DirectLine, crash rates across all Tesla models have fallen by 40% since the introduction of autopilot. Now, how many cars you think that affect how many Teslas you think that affects in Great Britain? I have no idea. <laughs> Wait for it. 4500. That ain't nothing. No, that's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. The reason why I bring this up though is that they expect and this is Harvard business record, 23 million fully autonomous vehicles traveling US highways by 2035. I think they're way low, and I think they're 10 years late. You think it's going to be 2025? Yeah, 2025, 2030. But but that's me. Um, For our next segment, for one of a taco truck, autonomous system is foiled. And in our last segment, speeding. 
on national safety issue, says them. Roadworthy Drive is heard exclusively on the Roadworthy Drive radio network. You're tuned in to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Welcome to the third segment of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. I'm Ken Chester. For those of you that want more than your fair share of the road, visit the show website. That's www.roadworthydrive.com. Find audio clips of previous shows. Watch video of our behind-the-scenes antics as we produce the show. Hardcore friends of the show can watch us live Sundays via YouTube Live and much more. The website is also a great place to find out what we've been up to during the week in the world of social media. Sasha, our social media diva, keeps things interesting and entertaining as she spreads Roadworthy Drive across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Find out how she keeps the social in our social media. Now, I knew, for this, I knew that for this segment, Jack would get really excited because he's our resident hater. When Hold it, comes- it. Stop. What? I am not a hater. Yeah, you let's, are. No, let's get this straight. I am not a hater. Okay. You have to prove it to me because I'm very skeptical. Yeah. Be that, careful where you go there, sir. Oh, my. Oh, my. He he's he has a point, but we'll see. He's Let me put it to you another way. He's going to like this segment. Visibly okay? uncomfortable with all things autonomous. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, some would call a hater, but he says, don't use that word. I will not use that word. Um, I wanted to share this article with you, Jack, because I knew you would enjoy the moment. So I give you what I call... For one of a taco truck. Basically, uh, Cruise Automation, which GM bought for a billion dollars a few years ago. Nice. Is leading the charge in GM's, um, excuse me, process towards automating their vehicles. Okay. Now, they, they allowed reporters um, on a ride in San Francisco on real streets so that the reporters could get a first-hand impression of an autonomous car. Okay. So let me read this to you. Now, this is one company. AI Motive is a startup from Budapest, Hungary, that is developing software for autonomous vehicles and chips for processing artificial intelligence. They let them ride in a vehicle in Mountain View this week. Now, give you an idea. We talked about how fast this industry is growing. Correct. Yeah. Let me give you this example. This company had 10 employees in 2015. How many they got now? Probably in the hundreds. 150. Wow. Yeah. This thing is growing fast. Uh, in their case, they've got a self-driving pilot going on in Paris with uh, automaker PSA, and NVIDIA and Bosch are some of their major investors. Now, getting back to the drive in San Francisco, and I'm going to read this. The engineer merged onto Route 101 and initiated self-driving mode. And that's U.S. 101, by the way. Okay. The car stayed with traffic well and kept its lane, although it hugged the right side a little too closely. The engineer had to disengage when we hit heavy traffic because the ride was too jerky. On the way back, the computer stopped working because bumps on the exit ramp disconnected the controls in the front, of the, in the front to the computer in the trunk. Now, they said the ride was far from perfect, but 
It was a look at what was like testing and proving these technologies on a day-to-day basis in a real-world environment, especially for smaller companies like like the AI company out of Budapest, mm-hmm. um, AI uh, Motive, um, and what since they don't have the big money, what they're able to do. Now, let's get back to that taco truck, shall we? A self-driving General Motors company, Bolt, drove slowly through more than two miles of through crowded San Francisco streets in its media debut. But double-parked cars and an orange traffic cones tripped up the computer driver and, get this, mm-hmm. a taco truck stumped the machine. Yes! <laughs> For Gosh. you, Jack. For you. Darn those tacos. GM's self-driving unit, Cruise Automation, gave reporters a ride. Uh, and this is about a week ago. The first public road trips for non-employees in their cars, which have been tested in San Francisco, Phoenix, and Detroit. Right. Now, a lot of these major automakers and the large tech companies have poured billions of dollars into this, uh, auto, you know, the self-driving car. Right. And really, and GM said this two years ago. They really felt that the robo-taxi service, and that's what they're calling it now, uh, where you would hail a vehicle that would take you to your destination – autonomously, without a driver. They see this as the main use for most self-driving vehicles in the initial, the initial rollout of them. Okay. Now, GM keeps saying over and over, GM would roll out self-driving cars within quarters, not years. Right. We mentioned that last week. Bear in mind, where are we at now? We're at the end of 2017. Correct. If you're talking quarters, you're talking 1919, I'm sorry, 2019, 2020. That would probably be a safe guess because I don't see them doing it by next year. Oh, no. No. But what you're going to see is a growing uh, – a, a groundswell as this technology begins to mature and bear fruit. Bear in mind, Jack, companies have been working on self-driving cars now for seven years, starting with Google back in 2011. Now, that's true. I mean, and there's been billions of dollars. This is like the California gold rush of the late 1840s. This is like the auto industry when it started over 100 years ago. Everybody who had any piece of this was jumping in, including people who didn't have any piece of it were jumping in. There's mm-hmm. a lot of tech and a lot of programming going on right now. And I think we discussed sometime last week about the need for students to be doing more of the STEM stuff. Mm-hmm. In their education, and how mm-hmm. this was going to really start affecting how we educate our children. Well, all of this technology, this is just the tip of the iceberg of all the technology that's swirling. Some of it independent, some of it codependent, but it's coming like a freight train. Thing on this trip 15 minute ride in a busy area of San Francisco covered 2.2 miles. The cruise enhanced electric bolt carrying a Reuters journalist encountered the car actually counted. 117 people, four bikes, and 129 cars. The car never moved more than 20 miles an hour, navigated urban traffic, a tram line, construction zones, pedestrians crossing the street, and many double-parked vehicles. They say that urban environments like this are 46 times more complex than suburbia. Yeah. The Bolt reacted more conservatively than a human driver. That makes sense because the first programming and algorithms are going to be uber conservative as they learn. Right. Um, what stopped the thing was it was looking it, – it generates a, a screen called looking for a clear path 
when it's trying to configure a way through something. Now, that showed up a couple of times during the trip uh, when the car stopped next to some traffic cones or behind double parked vehicles. Usually, though, after pauses, it restarted and passed the obstacles by itself. However, a taco truck was too much. The Bolt's human backup driver disengaged the system and took the wheel after the car waited for more than a minute uh, behind the truck where the construction workers ordered lunch. Now, the folks in charge said this would improve over time and that the winner of a self-driving car race would be one that launches it at massive scale rather than being just the first to market a model, which means it's either going to be Volvo, Chevrolet, or Tesla. Bottom line. Yep. Because remember, we also talked about that first major autonomous order that they placed, that Uber placed with Volvo. So, well, when we come back, um, speeding, a national safety issue. You think? Yes? No? This is Roadworthy Drive. Roadworthy Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. If you're just tuning in, yes, no, we're not, we're not hard rockers here. This is the final segment of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. It seems our executive producer was making a statement, I guess, about how he drives down the road. Uh, no. Okay. I, I, I thought <clears throat> no, I'd ask. No, but you can't ever go wrong with Sammy Hagar. Never, ever. And besides, back in the 70s, 55 was, was the, the national speed limit. speed limit, and we couldn't drive 55. It was maddening. Yeah, I... It was not pretty. ...going to plead the fifth, but yeah. Yeah, that was before your time there, Sasha. Just saying. All the roads where I am are supposed to be 55. I got nothing. No, she's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, key word there, supposed to be. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I will say this. I've been on some two-lane, two-lane in Kansas. Two-lane highway. Two-lane. One lane going and coming. Yes. Right. Speed limit. Yes. 70 miles an hour. Amen. Really? I need really? that in my no, life. No, it's scary. No. No. Well, that. if it's anything like the old, what I'm going to call 54, 
where you used to have to take that for the shortcut to get to uh, Tucumcari, Arizona. Mm. That was always a fun trip. Really? All I'm going to tell you is I was in western Kansas once, coming back from a town uh, that was a client um, in my Plymouth uh, acclaim. Um, You actually drove one of those? Yeah, I did. (laughs) I owned three at one time. Oh, uh, would you please call the boys with the white coats to come get here? Yeah, please? we need that. Oh, now, yeah, well-made car. Anyway, no, yes, it was. Okay, Any, let's get let's get back. Anyway, on topic. the point. Um, speed limit was fifty-five on that two-lane. Correct. Uh, I was rolling out of town at ninety. County money passed me. Didn't even break. Didn't even slow down. Didn't even give me a second look. Really? Nice. When you are that far out in Western Kansas, uh-huh. where the deer and the antelope play. Yep. Yeah. 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 It, it's the kind of part of the state, it, just outside of Garden City, mm-hmm. you don't want to break down out there. Okay. So why are we talking about speeding? Um, according to the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, and I quote them, it is a national safety issue. And I can see that. Well, well, a little in-studio volunteer. How many of y'all um, actually follow the speed limit all the time in and out of town? I'm pleading the fifth. I am also just straight up pleading that fifth. Okay, I can't even raise my hand here. Well, I will tell you this. If I'm normally speeding, it's less than five over. I I got got nothing nothing. for that. I got nothing for you. You're in your own fan club. Yeah, I got nothing for you. But, okay, here's my thing. You don't drive five over? I plead the fifth. It it depends where I am, okay? In, In my case... Obviously, in urban areas, yeah, I'm going to be pretty close to speed limit, if not at the speed limit. Okay. Because there's too much risk. People could get hurt. Kids can come out between parked cars. Uh, yeah, things happen. Uh, but we live in the upper Midwest, and when you get out into the wide open of the wide open, uh, it's and wide it, open. Yeah, it, yes, it is. <laughs> it's wide yes, open. It is. Oh, well, and here's my other thing. Speeding, I think, has always been an issue. But now we're talking about drivers being more distracted than ever.com always. I mean, how much of that is also weighing in? Well, well and- I, I will help you with that number. The number of people who died in such crashes where speed was a contributing factor okay. in the last 10 years represented one-third of everybody that died, according to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Okay. okay died in the U.S. or died on the roads in the U.S.? Died on the roads, roads in the, in the US, U.S. as a result of speeding. Got okay. It. Now, I have a question. How many, how many people get influenced by this show? And I'm going to use a show here that's actually being produced on one of the cable channels. Okay. It's called Street Outlaws. I don't watch it. They do street racing. It's illegal. <gasps> it's illegal. Are you serious? I'm dead it's illegal. Serious. They do it. I, I know it's illegal. I how know street much, racing. How is- much is that show influencing people saying, I can speed just like them? I'm not going to buy that. Um, but here's the thing. I- let me let me drop this on you. That one third mm-hmm. that died doing speed, again, according to NHTSA, it is roughly equal to the number who died in alcohol-involved crashes during the same period. Let that sink in for a minute. Now, wow. the reason why I'm bringing it up, we on this program are deaf to anyone who feels they have to drink and get behind the wheel. Yep. Unfortunately, yep. this article just showed us all up to be hypocrites because if we're about safety, we got to talk about speed too. You know? 
and and Sasha has a point. There's a lot of distracted people. You mix speed with distraction. That's a recipe for a mess. And it's unfortunate. You know, people don't pay attention like they used to. Mm-hmm. And it's too easy to be distracted. And with the quality of vehicles these days, it's not hard to be running at a high rate of speed and not fully realize it unless you're paying attention. Yep. I mean, it, I'm right now. I'm driving a an Audi uh, SUV. That thing will get away from you easy. It's that smooth, and it would not it would not be hard to be doing much higher than the speed limit unless I was paying attention. Even though the vehicle has a speed limit indicator on the dashboard, it tells me what the speed is where I'm at. Yep. Now their whole thing here is that we need to treat speed is is seriously and educate people about the dangers of speeding just like we do alcohol. Speeding doesn't mix and particularly distracted driving and speeding's even worse. So that's something that we kind of need to talk about. We really do. And and they they break this down. Now they did say the speed cameras slow people down. And we may talk about speed cameras some other time. You know, when we have more time. Don't get me started. I know. Well, folks, that wraps up another hour of our program. On behalf of the Roadworthy Drive team, thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in next time. You have been listening to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.